This podcast is brought to you by the University of Aberdeen. Welcome to our third episode of Escaping Lockdown. Today we are with David Timms, who is a former student of mine at the University of Glasgow and who has become a worldwide influencer. He has worked for companies like Google and the United Nations and has very strong and valuable views on the future of skills. So welcome, David. I want to ask you, how did you escape? Thank you, Professor. It's a pleasure to reconnect with you after all these years and, and especially in these interesting times. Uh, lockdown for me actually was an interesting story because it all started uh, with a big wake-up call to this new normality. I was in a yoga retreat actually, somewhere in the south of Belgium, uh, in a castle, doing this uh, silence retreat, not speaking, not uh, having any contact uh, with, with the friends or family on the phone or internet. And literally the day I got access to all these technologies, uh, I was bombarded with emails about how the world is being turned upside down. So I immediately packed my bags and the next day I, I went back home to native Romania, where I'm, where I'm from to be with my family and, and, and friends uh, during these uh, challenging times, I would say, for all of us. That, that's a, a, an interesting developing. And uh, how has this time helped you reflect on, on this time that you worked for Google and how important the, I don't know, skills would be in the, in the near future? I mean, this time was great for me to both reconnect, as I said, a bit with my roots. I haven't been home for, for a couple of months in a row in, in, in ages, I would say, maybe in 10 years. So that was the first priority for me to really reconnect with both family and, and friends from childhood. But then also to really think a bit, a bit about what I want to do after this whole, uh, whole crisis is behind us, hopefully, because uh, in a sense, uh, some of the skills I've been working on for a while now, uh, studying again, because I'm in a master's now currently at the College of Europe uh, doing public policy, some of the skills I was learning there, uh, I didn't have a lot of chance to put them into practice. So these days for me was, was also an opportunity to really put some skills I learned recently to, to the test, writing articles about topics I care about, about the future of work, which is a topic I've been researching over the past couple of years and I'm becoming increasingly passionate, uh, passionate about. So again, a, a time for recollection and skills building, I would say. And how did you think the future of work will look like? I think the future of work is already upon us. I think the COVID-19 pandemic uh, definitely accelerated the transitions. We were all already kind of discussing for a couple of years now, if not more. So now teleworking, teleeducation is becoming more of a mainstream thing than just some you know, uh, activity done in some top level universities or companies. Now, most companies and most universities have been faced with this digital revolution, which has been knocking on their doors for ages, I would say. And uh, it will definitely be a survival of the fittest, in a sense. Those who are most prepared for such a transition and such a digital disruption will be able to come back stronger after this whole pandemic is behind us. And how do you think what that will pan out? Do you mean universities in, in, I don't know, in the UK will survive or in Europe they will not? What, what determines that? I think based on at least what, what I've read uh, on the topic from, val from various uh, recognizable publications would be that most, if you refer just to the, to the educational sector, most universities, the top level ones, uh, top 50, top 100, should have no problem in, in, in the sense of navigating this disruption. It will definitely be difficult, but the top universities will, will face less of a challenge. The issues with those which had issues or problems uh, attracting students even before. For them now, it's going to be really hard to sell a degree, uh, especially to international students who pay premium compared to what EU students pay in, 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 within the UK and Europe still. 
uh, it'll be harder for them to attract these students and hence they will have for sure and unfortunately financial difficulties. However, uh, this opportunity brought forth by technology, I would say if used wisely, uh, obviously with, with probably uh, decreasing the cost or that you would ask for a master's, they could still use this and, and, and you know, uh, base their, their future offering on some of these digital tools that now are becoming more mainstream. So there is an opportunity within this whole challenging uh, situation. And going back to the skills in the work in the future, uh, do you think that if we all work through Zoom or Teams or whatnot, uh, will their old skills like soft skills, skills be still used, valuable? They will be valuable, but definitely it's not an ideal situation to either work or be educated or delivering education via via online tools. I think online tools themselves have to be disrupted. And I think there's plenty of entrepreneurs around the world now who are thinking about being confronted with this issue and how, how to make a tool like Microsoft Teams, Zoom, Skype more useful in this context in which we have no choice but to use them. So I definitely think soft skills, to go back to your questions, are better developed in person, and this will be the case for, I think, some years to come. However, more and more, I think the, the technology will be will be able to, to make it more accessible to learn some of these soft skills, which for some people uh, at the moment, because of cost mainly, it's, it's impossible. Maybe they're stranded in a country in which they don't have access to technology, so they literally cannot get access to the best quality education. And let me put this situation to you. If you had to go back to Google and, and start at Google University, how would you do that? I would do uh, definitely the future of education for me is a future in which uh, educational institutions, universities, or even high schools uh, collaborate more with companies because the biggest issue I see in the coming years is this, uh, this discrepancy between what you're taught in university and how uh, impractical it is in some cases. Obviously, there's always a, a professor, a star professor who helps out and you know pulls through uh, and, and helps out the students to be taught practical skills but in many cases and i've seen a few university in few universities in a few educational system uk france now belgian and romanian the problem is we're being too much taught uh, what to think and not how to think and i think in the future uh, by collaborating more with companies universities will be able to better prepare the students for the real life for the real job market which is uh, not uh, which doesn't care about how many informations you have or, or how fast you can Google something, but how you can think critically, how you can um, analyze uh, you know big chunks of data and make a presentation, a visual presentation after it, which are really soft skills, which I think will be more and more increasingly more important in the future. Yeah, but that's tricky because great students like you are happy to be taught how to think critically. But if you're a bit not that fantastic, they really struggle thinking critically and they basically one spoon-fed material. Yes, I think this is definitely a challenge. And that's why, for me, education and the transformation of education doesn't start in university or in high school. It starts much earlier. Ideally, if you want to really put together a good educational system, you would start with primary school and make sure you have the right system in place with the right sort of uh, teaching staff that will imbue this sort of a, uh, environment of, of desire to learn and, and not just to, to, to be spoon-fed information. So. It's very challenging and I admire your work as a university professor for having to, in a sense, dismantle some of these ingrained habits for that, that some students had, unfortunately, uh, even no fault in, in acquiring. It was just maybe a bad luck of an educational system or of a professor early on who taught them this way. So I think this is a big challenge for, especially for higher education, how to change some of these old paradigms. Okay, we have about one minute left. 
what would you, how would you like to uh, see the world after lockdown? What things do you think we should learn from this that could, we could use afterwards? I think after lockdown, the best thing to do is to go back a bit to the roots, be it within our lives, personal lives, or within our professional lives, and see exactly what matters most. What brings the most results? If we think about the 2080 rule, you know, 80% of our work, sorry, 20% of our work gives 80% of results. Same with our lives and, and professional activities. Go back to the roots and really um, um, transform or let's say reanalyze the way you do things in order to make it, to optimize it, to make it better for yourself and for those around you, basically. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your contribution, David. And hope Thank to you. See- Thank you, Professor. All the best. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Aberdeen.